and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. We're talking about, and we're in the middle of a series called Four to Soar. So four things, you know, that will help us soar in life, that will help you in this year, in 2024, you know, the year to soar. I don't know if, it, if he meant it to rhyme or not, but anyway, we're just going to go with it. Uh, and so we, we talked about fasting and about emptying ourselves, right, so, so we can receive more of him, be filled by God. We've talked about prayer and you know, how, how we get to know him, get to be uh, closer to him. It's just prayer changes things. And so he sent out a text message to all the campus pastors just to let us know what he was going to be talking about. So he's like, week one, fasting. Week two, prayer. Week three, obey. And then he said in parentheses, John, you preach that. And I'm like, I don't think I'm the one that should be preaching about obedience. <laughs> so a lot of things I could be preaching about, but obedience is not one of my, my strong suits. Uh, and so anyway, He's like, just just preach what God is telling you to preach about. So I obviously am like, go straight to God. I'm like, Lord, you know, this is my weakness. Like, uh, I, I break rules. I don't follow them. Like, teach me real quick. I call my brother who's like super perfect and always follows the rules. I'm like, what do you do? And like, well, that's kind of gross. I don't want to do that. And so anyway, so I, 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 I've been praying uh, about this message. And I really do believe God, God has something uh, for each and every one of us. So before we start, it, let's go ahead and pray real quick. Father God, we thank you for this day and thank you for this opportunity that you have given us uh, to come and be a part of your church, to listen to your word. We know that your word is truth. And when we know the truth, the truth sets us free. We thank you, Father, because there is freedom in this place. We thank you, Father, that there is freedom from any sickness, from any lack. We are free in this place in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we pray, and everyone that believes that says, amen, amen. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, my family and I had the opportunity to go to Orlando. And so uh, that, that was very fun, but it was also a huge mistake uh, because in Orlando at the end of the year, everyone from all around the world has the same idea. So there are lines for everything. Everything is full. The fast pass is not fast. Like the fast lane is not the fast lane. There's just people everywhere. So it gets to be a little stressful. And we're flying out to Columbia from Orlando International Airport. And there are thousands of people. And, and we walk in. So it's my, my wife and I. My, my parents are going on another flight. And my brothers are going on other flights. So I, I walk in with my wife who is pregnant and our daughter. We have like four suitcases, uh, a stroller, a car seat. We do not know how to pack uh, light. And so we're full. And then we look up. And the worst thing of all is we're flying on Spirit Airlines. Uh, yes. So Spirit Airlines has like this anointing to make me very carnal. Like I don't know the paradox with the name, but like Spirit Airlines is where you find me at my most carnal state. Like it irritates me. It's just it just has a gift. 
to irritate me. And so I walk in and there's like a thousand people waiting to get to the counter. There really is no line. There's just like a multitude of people. And you know how the Bible says that when Jesus saw the multitudes, he felt compassion. I'm not Jesus. I, I felt a slight tinge of hatred at the moment. I, I'm like praying to God. I'm like, God, can you like selectively rapture some people? I'll point them out and you rapture them, right? Like this man's got an attitude. Go like you go. And not, none of that happened, obviously. So I, I'm there and I, I feel this internal fight. I don't know if you felt this before, but it's this internal fight. It's well, part of me just wants to be extremely carnal, extremely fleshy. Just join the crowd at shouting at the people at the counter because they obviously do not know how to do their job. And so I'm ready. And then there's another part of me, which is like, no, no, you, you know what you should do. Like follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I don't know if the Holy Spirit is here. This is Spirit Airlines. The Holy Spirit flights like Delta or stuff. You know, not. <laughs> I'm like, and I get mad. I'm like, Father, you know, you said you are, you know, we are above and not beneath the head and not the tail. Spirit Airlines is like the tail of all the airlines. So I pray real quick. I pray real quick. I'm like, Father, like, I, I feel very stressed right now. Like very, very stressed. But I know you're with me. I need your help. That's it. It wasn't very deep. It wasn't, I didn't go into Greek or Aramaic. I mean, I, English, basic English. I need your help, Father. Lead me. Then I see this lady. So I tell Carolina real quick, I'm just going to talk to this lady real quick. So I go up to her. I'm like, excuse me, ma'am. Can you just point me to where I can start the line? I don't know what's happening right now. And she looks at me. She's like, who are you with? I'm like, well, I'm with my wife, my baby, and the bags and stuff. She looks at me. She's like, just follow me real quick. So I'm like, okay. I never doubted. Uh, I knew this was going to happen, you know, walking on water. So I'm like following her. I'm like, we're carrying the bags. And she takes us to this like very small line. There's just one person in front of us. And then we go up to the counter and the lady looks at us and is like, oh, no, no, we don't help you here. And I'm like, well, the lady just brought us here. So she looks at me and then looks at the whole crowd and is like, all right, I'm going to help you, but I'm just going to help you. And I was like, as you should. You don't. <laughs> People are acting crazy right now. Obviously, no one has prayed in this place. So, yes. And so she helps us. And so we're looking at, like, at each other with Carolina. And we're like, wow, this is the favor of God. And I remember at the, the start of the year, that's the word that God gave me. It's like, like a shield. What he gave to the psalmist, as a shield, I will surround you with favor. And so I, I just held on to that. I held on to that. I didn't feel like it. I didn't see favor, you know, or, or anything. But I just held on to that word. So I'm declaring. I was like, we have the favor of God. So we go through the counter. Perfect. Like in, in minutes, it's all said and done. So I'm like, so obviously I feel like Moses parting the Red Sea, right? I'm like, oh, you infidels, move away. <laughs> like here comes the man of God with the first lady, obviously, and just walking like, excuse me. And, and then we... We go up to, <laughs> I'm sorry, am I being too real? Uh, it's, we go up to the TSA line, another crowd. And have you ever had a victory and you're like riding the high of the victory, but it only takes you to, up to the next problem? That's like you dip again. And so like oh, we're walking like, oh, we're blessed and highly favored. And then we see the TSA lines like, why, Father, why do you give us your hardest battles, right? Like, well, why me? 
And, and then again, the internal fight. It's like you, you, can, you can obey the leading of the Holy Spirit or you can just obey your, your carnal ways. Who, who are you going to obey? So, so I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, like, what, what do we do? So I see in this other lady. So I just walk up to her. I was like, excuse me, lady. You know, I kind of want to test my luck here. Uh, my, bless, my blessing, not my luck. But, and so I'm like, is, what, what line should we take? Right thing? And she looks at, who are you with? And I'm like, well, again, my wife and everything. So she's like, well, you know, and she opened it. Just go, go through here real quick. So we go through this line. And so obviously, again, I'm like, oh, I'm walking on water. It's like, give me that water bottle. Check this out. Like, as you know, I'm going to change it into wine or something. It's like, no, no, none of that happened. I was just very excited. And then while I'm like on the flight, we're happy, everything, uh, I, I start uh, meditating. And I, I, I'm feeling, you know, good about myself for sure for what's happened. And, and the Holy Spirit just talks to me. It's like, this just didn't happen just because. There was a season or has been a season of you sowing for you to reap this. It is not reap this type of miracle. It's for you to reap this type of person that you are. Ernest Hemingway wrote, uh, the, the book, The Sun Also Rises. And in this writing, uh, he asked a question, how does one get to be bankrupt? And his answer was two ways, gradually, then suddenly. Uh, and I believe that's the answer to most of life's questions. Uh, how did you get so fit? Oh, gradually and then suddenly. How did you get so fat? Gradually <laughs> and then suddenly. It, it wasn't the last donut you just ate. It's the hundred donuts you've been eating, right? How'd you get so fit? It wasn't just the 10 miles you ran yesterday. It's been the whole year of running that got you to this point. Gradually, then suddenly. How'd you get to be so successful? Gradually, and then suddenly. You can help me preach today. It's cool. Gradually, and then suddenly. They asked Sam Walton once, how do you become such an overnight success? And his answer was, it took me 20 years to become an overnight success. Gradually, then suddenly. There is something that happens in the gradual moments of life that prepare you for God's suddenlies of life. There is something. Well, now we preach about it because we believe it. We know God is a God of suddenlies. You know, Acts chapter 16 talks about Paul and Silas being in jail in the midnight hour, and then they start singing, and then it says, and suddenly there was a shaking in the place, and everyone was free. And we preach about it. We believe it. We know God is a God of suddenlies. In Acts chapter 2, it says that they were all in the upper room praying. They had been praying for a couple of days, and then it says, suddenly, like a mighty rushing wind the holy spirit descended on everyone and they were filled with the spirit and peter came out speaking in other tongues and preaching and the move of god suddenly but suddenly will not happen if you're not living the gradually of life because the suddenly of, of Acts chapter 16 with Paul and Silas, that wasn't the first time they were praying and singing praises at the midnight hour. It just so happened that at that moment, they kept on doing what they had been doing. And then all of a sudden, suddenly God moved on their behalf. Acts chapter 2, it, was just, it just wasn't like that one prayer time where everyone got together and then all of a sudden God descended. They had been praying since Acts chapter 1 where Jesus said, you know, remain in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. 
So that's what they had been doing. Gradual moments that lead to the suddenlies of life. Can I invite you today to be focused on what you are doing gradually and let God do the suddenly in your behalf. That you are living today based off of what you've sown yesterday. The, the, the results of your life today are, are the results of what you have been doing. You, you can't just come up and, and be mad at what is happening now without looking back. But you can also give God glory today by looking back and seeing how he has gradually taken you out, changed you, transformed you, healed you, blessed you, placed you on the place you couldn't place yourself. And then people see the suddenly in your life. And then you can say, yeah, it it seems all of a sudden, but it's taken years to get to this place. Rowdy Gaines uh, as a famous swimmer in the 80s, uh, he actually missed out on the Olympics in 1980, I think it was, because uh, the United States uh, didn't want to go to the USSR. And so he had to wait eight years in order to compete. And when he did compete, it was like the 100 meters. Uh, he did it in 49 seconds. It was a world record at that moment. So obviously he becomes super famous at the time. And people are interviewing him. Is that how did you get to be so quick in the water? And he said, it took me eight years and 20,000 miles of swimming, waking up every day, putting on my Speedo every day, getting to, to get to be to this place. It just didn't happen. It was a gradual progression. And I think that's where we miss it a lot of times. We're waiting for God suddenly, and God is telling you, no, 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 work on the gradually. You see, we think the destination is the blessing, but it's actually the blessing is actually in the journey. That that is where you become blessed. Why? Because it's not just because of what God can do for your life. It's about getting to know him. It's about being transformed. It's not just what God wants to do for you. It's what God wants to do in you. It's the transformation that he needs. God wants you to be prepared for what God has prepared for you. God is not preparing something for you. It's It's already been prepared. What he's working on is preparing you. I've told this story before where I got mad at my dad. I was a kid. I'm like, dad, you have a car. You have the keys. It's paid for. You can give it to me. Why do you do you not want me to be happy? Give me the car. I I, I, want to drive the car. And my dad's like, it's not that I don't want to give it to you. It's not that I haven't paid for it. It's not that it's not there. It's that you're seven, John. And a lot of our prayer life is like that. Like, God, like, why don't you bless me? Why don't you do this? And have you ever given God options? Like, God, you can bless me. And listen, do whatever you want. But here's a list of like three things that I'd like to happen. You know, maybe maybe it's an upgrade on my job. Maybe it's this. Maybe, you know, whatever you want to do. But here's a list. And God's like, no, I've already prepared it for you. What I need is for you to be prepared. Amen. Sometimes we just need to work on the day-to-day things, on putting the speedo, if you will, going out to swim, if you will, doing the day-to-day things. The Word of God says pray without ceasing. We're trying to find the voice of the Lord instead of trying to find a verse that he's already given to us. 
uh, uh, the, something he's already spoken into our lives. And he's not going to just uh, move you into the next season without it finishing what he's trying to do in this season. God has not forgotten what he's been able to do. God is not preparing. He's already prepared. What he needs for us to do is start preparing, knowing that he's already prepared for it. Am I making sense right now? The, the, the word of God says, Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. There are two things here that I want to highlight. First is how you, you live out what you are professing. You hold fast to what you are professing. You don't let go based off of circumstances. You know who promised, which is the second thing. And so you hold fast to what he has promised. You know, you don't just pray because, I mean, there's nothing else to do. I've tried everything. That's, that's sometimes our response. Our response is, I've tried everything. Nothing's worked, so I guess I'm going to have to pray. Instead of doing it the opposite, you know who God is. You know that he's faithful. You know that he doesn't fail. You know that he is not a man that he lies. You know that heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain. So you hold on fast to what he has said, to what he has promised. Why? Because you know him. Because you've spent time with him. And so I obey God because I know who I'm obeying. I obey God. I, I do his word. I, I pray without ceasing. I rejoice. I do not. I, I do what God has told me to do because I know that he is faithful. I know that he's not going to ask me something that's going to be for my detriment. I know that he's asking me something to prepare me for what he has prepared. And it's not just for me. We, we need to adopt it. It's, it. So psychology calls it cathedral thinking. We need to uh, adopt this type of thinking where it, life is not just about us. It's not just about here and now. It, it, God is thinking nations and generations. God is thinking that what he's going to do through you is not just going to bless you. It's going to bless everyone around you. It's going to bless your children, your children's children. There, there's more to life than just you. It's like a cathedral. So cathedral thinking, well, the, the best way to explain cathedral thinking is a cathedral. They're, they're, they're one of my favorite cathedrals on this planet is in Barcelona. You see the Sagrada Familia. And the Sagrada Familia started being built in 1882, if I'm not mistaken. So over 100 years ago, it started being built and it continues to be built. There's been nations and generations that have passed and it still continues to be built. Now, it takes a long time. It's Almost a hundred, they say that by 2032 it's going to be finished. So 140 years, give or take, it's taking them to build this cathedral. Now we want everything here and now, quick. But the problem with buildings that are built quick, I mean, they, they work, everything is beautiful, but people are not flying all over the world to see it. It's not blessing anyone, really. It's just it's something quick. Why do people pay tickets? Why do people go and travel the world to go to Barcelona to see the Sagrada Familia while it's being built? Because it, it, it's more than just here and now. What God is doing in your life is more than just here and now. The reason he's asking you to pray, to prepare, to do his word, it's more than just for your next blessing. It's so that your testimony can carry a weight of glory throughout nations and generations. That you can talk about, it's why we talk about our grandmas like we talk about. How they prayed, how, how they did things, you know, how they carried the family on their knees. It's, it's cathedral thinking. 
It's, it's long obedience in the same direction. It's being on the right path, going the same direction continuously. That's where blessing is. That's where the anointing is. That, that, that's truly where what we're called to do is following in his footsteps for eternity. I, 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 I see my dad. I, the, the older I get, the more I understand why he does what he does. So when I was a kid, I remember my dad. Oh, he'd like to sing, and he'd like to sing at Walmart and stuff like that. He'd like to praise at Walmart. Uh, in Colombia, it's not called Walmart. It's called Éxito. And he liked it. So it, it would bother me when I was, you know, a kid. I'm like, why do we have to be so weird, right? Like, he's just singing all the time. And he'd, like, grab his cart and, like, use his cart to, like, help him dance. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you almost falling? It's just weird, you know. Uh, and I remember, you know, a, a song he used to sing is like, when I think about his goodness, you know, and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and how he set me free, I could dance, dance, right? And I'm like, so I, like, I know I'd, I'd grab my Pop-Tarts. I'm like, oh, Lord, he's about to, it's about to start again. Like, Lord. But, but when you are on the path of obedience, then you can look back and you can tell, oh, man, when I think about his goodness, and so it's happening to me right now. It's weird. When, when I think about his goodness and what he has done for me, like I can also dance. And I'm not going to dance right now. I'm going to keep it civil. But when you're on this path of long obedience in the same direction, in the long run, you can look back and you can just tell how the hand of God has been on you continuously. And so you don't have to waver. You don't have to force anything. It's like King David. King David knew God so well that while he had a priestly anointing on him, he still carried out shepherd duties. It wasn't. God said it to me. I'm just going to hold fast. I know one day this is going to happen. I'm not going to force it. I'm just going to flow. I know God is faithful. He ended up being the best king out of them all. Because he just knew who he was following. He let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful, that promise. Philippians 3 verse 8 says, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. That I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having my own righteousness which is from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. And verse 10 is the answer to why we do what we do as Christians. Verse 10 is the answer. See, sometimes we, we say, I'm a Christian. Why are you a Christian? Well, you know, I go to church on Sundays. and I, it, What you do on a Sunday really doesn't make you a Christian. Like being at church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like being at a parking lot doesn't make you a car. Well, what makes you a Christian is who you're following. What makes you a Christian is that you are a Christ follower, that, that you know him. That he's a, and it's easier to be a testimony to other people when you can talk about someone you actually know. Where you're not taking someone to church so that you can meet someone that you don't know. That's like, no, why are you a Christian and why do you do the things you do? Why do you pray so much? Oh, because he talks back. 
You know, because I know him. I've seen his power. I've seen him work in my life. This is not something I'm trying to convince you of. This is something I'm convinced of. I Look at my life, where I am at. It's not because of my ability. It's not because of the way I work, not my work ethic. It's because of his goodness. It's because of his grace. This is my testimony. It's not my CV. It's not my, my resume. It's his goodness in my life. It's not all of a sudden. It's been gradually. And it's so easy to convince someone about how good God is when you know him. So verse 10 says that I may know him. This is the answer. Why do you pray so that I may know him? Why do you go to church that I may know him? Why do you serve that I may know him? Why do you worship that I may know him? Why do you praise that I may know him? Why do you raise your hands that I might know him? And the power of his resurrection. That our life was not meant to be void of power. Our men was, be to, was meant to be filled. We are partakers of his glory. We, we're containers of his glory. That as we obey, we are being filled with him. And then the results of our life are his results, our godly results. Where you start seeing suddenlies in your life that are not all of a sudden. 2 Kings chapter 3, I'll finish with this story. 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 13 to 20 says, to give you a little bit of context, at this time, Israel was divided into two kingdoms. So it was the kingdom of the north, then the kingdom of the south, which was the kingdom of Judah. And King Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. He was like the godly one. The, the, uh, the king of the north wasn't godly at all. And then there was another king decided to join forces with these two. So there's three kingdoms to go fight the land of Moab. And the Moabites were very proficient in fighting, uh, very proficient. They were just enemies to everyone, so they decided to go fight. So they're, they're walking towards Moab, and they're going through a desert, and they run out of water. So now they're debating, what should we do? Should we go back? If we continue forward and with no water, when we get to our battle, we're not going to be able to do it. Have you ever tried to be obedient to God and follow through and you knew there was something you do and on your way to do what God called you to do, you encounter like a mini problem? And because of the mini problem, you know you're not prepared for the bigger problem. And so now you're frustrated. So this is where they're at right now. It says, then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. How many know it matters who you're surrounded by? Like this king had no access to this, but because he was with the right person in the right place at the right time, he got access. See, I, I think we should all like call our mamas after this, right? And say, thank you, because when I wasn't in the right place, I had you to pray for me, right? I had you, 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 you were the one that you know, got me access while I wasn't living the life I should be living. So it says, but were I not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you, but now bring me a musician. And then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. I like his reaction. I like his reaction because Elisha was in the middle of a bunch of kings complaining. 
They're complaining that we have no water. What should we do? This is the worst. Why would God bring us here? You know, he said we should fight for him, and now there is no water. This is terrible. And, and I, I see that we have the same reaction sometimes where, where we hear the news and we become like advocates, evangelists of the news, uh, of what social media is saying. And we like to tell people, did you hear what, did you hear what happened? Did you hear what you say? It's like we're, we're, we're evangelizing what the news is. And so Elijah's like, listen, uh, uh, all of this complaining is not going to get us anywhere. We need to go to God. So bring me a musician because if you guys aren't going to go, I'm going to go because he has the answer to what this problem is. You know, talking about the problem won't resolve the problem. Talking to the answer. So it says, then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. You can tell this wasn't Elisha's first time. It was easy for it was a sudden move of the Holy Spirit upon Elisha's life because of the way he has been living. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water. I love this. This is how God usually does things. It's like, I know you're expecting your answer and your blessing to come through the normal avenues of life. But in order for this to be a God thing, it can't be attributed to anyone else but God. Now, I believe even today you've been believing for things, but you have, you have the answer in sight. You're like, it's probably going to be this way, right? Usually when you have financial problems and you're asking God, you kind of have like certain people pointed out. Do you not? Like my great aunt, she's about to go over. You know, she might leave me the answer, if you will. Maybe it's not that way. Hey, listen, they have, you're laughing because you know this is true. Like, we have certain people that, that we know. It's like, okay, Father, I believe in you, so talk to him. And God's like, no, 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 you will not see rain. You will not see wind because we walk by faith and not by sight. Because so, so that our testimony is, no, this is a God thing. I had nothing to do with this. This is the goodness of God in the land of the living. This is God. This is me putting my praise. His praises shall be continually in my mouth because I sought the Lord and he answered me. It's like David saying, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name forever because this is not something I have done. This is not something I deserve. This is totally on him. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor you shall see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And verse 18, this is powerful. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. Say that with me. This is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. It's not hard. When, when God sees your problem, he's not shocked. He's like, oh, that's a toughie, right? Oh, we got to send extra angels to that house. Oh, no, this is a simple matter. This is a simple matter. You should start confessing that over your life more and more. This is a simple matter in the eyes of the Lord. The God, this is nothing for God. He will, so he says, he will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. And I like this because they never ask for it. Sometimes we're asking for the mini problems because we're too scared to ask for the actual problem. Because we're like, I mean, I know God can solve this problem, but I mean, that problem, I'm just going to have to force my way. I'm going to have to grind it out. I'm going to have to do it. And so God's response is like, yeah, I can give you the water, which is like the problem you see now. But also that problem you haven't asked for, I'm going to give you that as well. Why? Because it's a simple matter in the eyes of the Lord. It's easy for him. See, God is really not in the problem-solving business. It's easy for him. He's in the changing you business. 
he, he's all about changing you also. You shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. And now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that. Say it with me. That. Say it again. That. Come on. Say it one more time with faith. That suddenly water came by way of Edom and the land was filled with water how do suddenlies happen gradually it's 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 elisha's gradual moments of life of consistently obeying god that brought him to the suddenlies of life which is where you give god glory and when i say this it's not just to hype you up but i believe that there are suddenlies prepared for us right but so we rejoice for the suddenlies but we prepare in the gradually Can we start preparing for what God has prepared for us? What what, what has God called you to do that you already know? That he's not moving away from that until you get that settled. Until you get that in your heart. Until you get that habit ingrained in your life. And God is patient. He'll wait it out. But he, he needs you to be prepared. Because he's already prepared it for you. We believe in the God of suddenlies. We believe that what's impossible for man is possible for God. We believe he's prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. We know that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life, that we may dwell in his house forever. We know he is a good God. Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus, that in Christ we are more than conquerors, right? That, that, That the devil is under our feet, that no matter what the weapon is, you know, we win in life because we have Christ. So we know the outcome is good. Now the call is to be prepared. The call is for us to be prepared. What is God preparing you for? And how can you prepare? What can you obey God in? Following his spirit, the voice of God in your life. I'm going to ask you to stand up real quick. We, we overestimate what we can do in one day. And then we underestimate what God can do in a year or so. So we, we usually think like, oh, God, can, can you do it today? And he can. But sometimes don't, don't underestimate what God can do in continual prayer for a year. And then you look back and you're like, I could, I, how did that happen? It's like that image of a turtle on the fence post. We talked about this before. The whole purpose of a turtle on the fence post is you know that turtle got on that fence post, not by its own strength. Someone put it there. I believe that's our testimony. That when people see where you are at, see, you know, where God has placed you, they know. It's obviously not because of you. I don't mean that to be an insult. It's just too good for it just to be you. It, It has to be God. And that's where our testimony has power. Because you can say, it's because I know him. I've seen the power of his resurrection. This is not just something that I, I, I long for. This is something that's real in my life. Why? Because he is real. So let me pray for you real quick. Father God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you are speaking even right now into our hearts. 
Opening the eyes of our understanding that we might know, that we may see what you are calling us to do, how we can prepare, how we can position ourselves correctly for what you have in store for our life, Father. And we understand, we know you are the God of the suddenlies. But we will prepare in the gradual moments. We will prepare in the day today. We will follow your voice in the day today, in the small steps, Father, that we might know you, that we might know you more, Father, that we might be closer to you, that your presence might be more real in our life. Father, let that be our testimony, that we serve a God that is real, and that he is real to us, Father, that we might hear your voice clearer than before. that we might see you father that we might have more revelation of your word father help us prepare for what you have prepared for us and we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor in the name of jesus i pray amen